on this week's episode, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series are six months old. Who's leading the way early on in this generation? And what games are we looking forward to for 2021? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos and the over 40 awesome radio stations that we are part of worldwide, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend. He's the real Josh Shady of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. His great stuff that he does on his podcast the Super BS Gamescast, and the concluding topic, Ocalypse. Plus also as well, his awesome book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you got to get today, which you can easily do on the intranet at Amazon.com and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? I'm just kind of looking at the uh or reminiscing the disappointment of today's playstation state of play i don't know if we're going to talk about that today but we I'm can and i just like i was expecting a little more. and i know that e3 is coming out and sony's doing their own thing but like i tell you man like i'm just not that excited for ratchet and clank and the other games announced subnautica and among us like it's, it's stuff that like nintendo has already talked about on their own platforms i was expecting more and i think i was foolish for doing so well i I know that they've got returnal returnal for the ps5 will actually be already out when this airs marcus and i had a long conversation on returnal on our friday show the pc multiverse so i'm looking forward to it i know you're an xbox fanboy first and i am leaning towards getting the xbox series right now of the two over playstation but i am intrigued by what i see from returnal i want to hear your thoughts on a game like returnal from the guys at housemark who've done a sensational job with smaller tier games are now going a little bit up in stature trying to make themselves into a big triple a studio for the first party nature for sony I want to hear your thoughts on what you've seen so far with Eternal, and do you think this could be the next step for them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I forget what people are. It's like a they're, they're, everyone's calling it like a modern roguelike. Yeah, and then you you go back in time if you get if you get killed, you go back, but then it's yeah. also discovering her memories and and twarping that yeah. because she's stranded on this planet. Yeah, and it's interesting because the only time you can save your game is in between the like they have the levels set up as modules. The only time you get to save your game is in between these modules. And I think that that's like a a really interesting way of setting the game up because you go through these modules and you have to keep going back and redoing them. And it's funny, not funny, but it's interesting that like as you come across her dead bodies and these things, like say you died and you come across her dead body, like she remembers it. Yeah. She has all these memories of her dying and she can't, she like. I don't know. It's just, it sounds very interesting. And does it look awesome? Yeah, it looks great. And will do I want to play it? Yeah. I'm, you know, I might buckle down here and get a PS5 here soon. But, you know, is it something that I, I think like I might buckle down? <laughs> well, <laughs> like somebody's yeah. forcing you to do it. Well, here's the thing. Like I'm looking and I'll get back to return in a second. I'm looking at all these chip shortages that are happening, you know, with yeah. the, uh, AMD. Well, the rental cars. The yeah. Cars. yeah, that's what, I mean, no, period, cars, period, new cars, rental cars, mm-hmm. the admin industry has been greatly affected because the fact that during the coronavirus, the chip makers focused more on smaller devices and consoles wasn't even among them. Yeah, yeah. And so everyone's predicting that we're going to see console shortages and like video card shortages well into 2022. So I'm thinking that like now might be a good time to grab a PlayStation you know on the off chance that like they just go out of production for a year so i'm i've been kind of keeping my eyes open for them 
Do uh, me a I, favor though this time. Don't pay extra for it. I know my wife still like gives me crap about that. Well, I was talking about the PlayStation. He goes, is it your price for a PlayStation or the normal price for a PlayStation? <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Right. But anyways, we're going back to Returnal. I, I think it's a great game. I mean, I think it looks like a great game. I obviously haven't played it yet. And yeah, I do want to play it, but I just from what I understand, it's a little bit on the short side and it's not it's not like a $70 game, which is what they're currently charging for it. Yeah. And that's uh, something that people are going to have to realize that with this generation, you are going to be charged. A lot of these games are going to start pricing themselves at $70. So that's the first thing I want to ask you, because we're on a new console generation. And there's been talk about raising the prices now for a few months, ever since this console generation started. Now, virtually six months ago, as we're talking about this, are you okay with it? I mean, for me, it's... I don't want to say I approve of it because obviously I don't want to pay $10 more, but I am not as, uh, you know, over it. I'm not as mad about it because of the fact that back in the early nineties, back in the mid nineties, I used to have to pay $70, $80 for video games. So I have ex- already experienced that in my lifetime. Yeah. So I am not opposed to it. You know, I look at it like this. Like, I have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla since since it came out in October. Like, I am 93 hours into that game, and I still haven't finished it. It's absolutely insane. So if it's a massive-scale game like that, then, yeah, I don't mind paying $70 because when you look at it, it, it totally equals out in the end. But, you know, if it's something short, you know, look at, like, God of War, for example. Like, I love the God of War games, and, you know, we talked about the last god of war quite a bit on this show and how great a game it was but the campaign like it's only got about six to maybe 15 hours if you do all the side quests it's got about six to 15 hours of gameplay and when it comes to paying 70 dollars for that like i i do kind of have an issue with it but it's not a big enough issue to make me not buy it if if that's uh i don't know if that statement makes sense no it makes perfect sense i know a lot of people are, are already up in arms about it especially those games that are like you talked about are great in detail, but they're also adding a lot of add-ons to it. Microtransactions, which you and I both love so much. Yeah. Right. But you know, if you're doing that and you're double dipping, you're charging people more and you're charging them a ton in microtransactions. Like for instance, our friends, and I say that sarcastically again for the second time in the past minute in regards to 2k, which has repeatedly said in recent conferences that talking about, you know, how well they're doing each and every quarter that they are relying and recommending to all their games that they incorporate microtransactions. So we could be seeing like, for instance, NBA 2K, which has relied heavily on microtransactions be $70. And that's not for the, extended version that's not for the upgraded version that's not for the special limited edition version that's for the regular version that we could be seeing a next console generation ps5 xbox series game like that plus all the microtransactions that it does for 70 and the microtransactions Mm -hmm. i think that's going to be wild yeah and have you seen like these these gaming companies these gaming devs or publishers come back at the people who are commenting on stuff like this or saying well, we're not forcing anybody to buy anything, which I guess is true in a way, but it just it seems dishonest in a way. Yeah, it, it seems a little bit dishonest. But then again, with 2K, it's always been a kind of eh, on that borderline as far as the way that they treat and the way that they approach and the way that they recognize their consumers. That's I've had some issues for the past few years with them and as far as how they do business on that. But then again, that's that's 2k people keep buying their games they're going to keep doing it the way they want to so right i want to hear your thoughts though on this next generation it started out again like i was saying earlier in the in the show that it's almost six months old as the time we're talking we thought we'd get the jump on everybody else because you're going to be seeing all these six months celebrations and six months retrospectives and six months how are they each are doing right now right now it looks like from what we hear and all the press that's been given out that the PlayStation 5 is the fastest selling console of all time. I don't know how it does that when it's in such limited supply. Maybe that's how they're relating it to as far as, you know, whatever that they have is selling out quicker than anything else. 
bar sheer numbers, it's still probably being outpaced by the Nintendo Switch because you can pretty much get a Switch anywhere at this point in time. But as far as being the fastest selling console at this point in time in its generation, the PlayStation 5 is number one. Your thoughts when you hear that? I mean, is it kind of misleading? Is it kind of warped? Or do you really take anything out of it at this point in time early on? I mean, like you said, it's hard to to really see this happening because stores like don't even put them out on their shelves at all. Like, so how are you supposed to know what's selling, what's not? You go to every store and they go, this product is not available in store. Like you go to a Best Buy, you go to a Walmart, Target, like they all have signs out saying these products aren't available in store. So you have to order them online. So how do you know what's selling and what's not? When the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came out, you could tell what was selling better by the shelf that was empty, right? Like there was, you know, it's usually the PlayStation 4s were gone more than the Xboxes were. That being said, like I, it does, I guess it doesn't surprise me that the PlayStations are selling more because you go on like eBay or OfferUp or something and you'll find that the PlayStation 5s are being scalped at a much higher price than the Xboxes are. So it's, I guess that would mean that there's a little more value to them or a little more demand for them as opposed to the Xboxes. It certainly seems like it at this point in time. So early on, we'll go ahead and give the early lead for PlayStation 5. What do you think that has really generated this early lead for them? Was it because of the fact that they have so much momentum from the previous generation and selling over 100 million units? Was the fact that of the two that they were able to release at least some new content specific for that console, the PlayStation 5, as opposed to the Xbox Series, which was mainly trying to get you to get into the Xbox Games Pass. So I want to hear your thoughts on what's really generated and got this whole thing started and given the early lead to PlayStation. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of things. You know, like you said, they had the the only ex- things that are exclusive to PlayStation. They're actually putting stuff out where it's like Xbox has not. W- when is the next Xbox exclusive coming out? Nobody knows. Nobody knows at all. Like it, it could be. Does that October, irritate you? It could be. It, it kind of does because, you know, we it was kind of misleading, you know, them saying we got all these things and blah, 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 and the games are coming out. But in, I'm sure come holiday season, or my hope is at least I will see like a plethora of games being released. But, you know, PlayStation is has things that they are actually putting out that are exclusive to their console, which, you know, I think is a big contributing factor. Another thing I think contributes is the fact that there's a big army of people who are you know like the playstation fanboys out there you know no offense to our friend marcus but there are people who who stand behind playstation no matter what they do you know their minds were made up that they're getting a playstation from the moment that it was announced and then you know you also have reading about things on kotaku and polygon about these big networks of scalpers who scalped like 125,000 playstation 5s when they released like they're you know, it, it's just it's it's a whole lot of things, you know, and I just feel sorry for the person who legitimately wants one of these to play with. And as we've taught, we, you know, we've had the scalping talk before, but just still can't get one. Yeah. And that's something that's unfortunate for either console, because either console have had issues in the of accessibility. Yeah. And that's something that we talked about just a second ago with the availability of chips and trying to get these a little bit built a little bit faster and a little bit more uh, you know, readily so we can cut down on that third party marketplace where and these bots trying to get everything and sucking thing up so they can go ahead and resell it at a profit those things we have to go ahead and eradicate and that the only way we're going to be able to do that is making these consoles more plentiful and that's something that has to start changing sooner rather than later yeah there's as of right now there is no plan to make that happen like if if anything i'm reading sounds correct it, or is correct it, it sounds like there's going to be a bigger shortage of these consoles than anything at least going into like 2023 and at that point why you know why you're already so far behind on these big releases that people are talking about what is the point of even putting them out you know i do like the fact that microsoft is still putting things out on the xbox that are also on the uh, series x but like playstation you know you if you don't have a ps5 you can't play returnal you can't play ratchet and clank you can't play demon souls you can't play a lot of this these things that are coming down the pipeline from sony i don't know necessarily know if that's sony's fault but it just this i don't know this inability to meet the demand of the people makes it seem like putting exclusives out is kind of a waste of time it is and it's just something that i i'm very disturbed by i mean 
I, I know I spoke to TJ about the, you know, the Xbox series and getting one sooner rather than later. And I know I've spoken to you, but there's just seems to be so much hard work that needs to be put into it. I'm still kind of reluctant to get it. Even with mass effect coming in a couple of weeks time, I am going to get mass effect legendary edition, but do I have to get an Xbox series S or X in order to go ahead and play it? No, it would be nice to go ahead and do so. But I, and I told TJ that I was thinking about getting one right around that time, but it's not readily available. And yeah. that's what's irritating and that I now have to put in a lot of work. And TJ said, you know what, man, you know, I can point you in the right direction of, of one, maybe, you know, I'll see what I can do. And I've talked to other couple of friends that maybe like, no, don't do it anything of that nature. And plus that's not a, a sure thing because if yeah. he points me into one direction of a website that might have it, it'll be gone just like that. If you even hesitate for even a second. Yeah, people got these bots. Like I, I got a. I know people who have set up bots to grab them, and even like their bots are too slow to outfit <laughs> the other bots. Trade in those bots. Trade in yeah. those bots. You had to work really hard, plus play extra in order to get your Xbox Series. How frustrating was that for you? It was frustrating because you know retail they go out at like five hundred dollars, and I ended up paying when it came down to shipping, I almost paid a thousand dollars for it. And that was irritating to me because I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. And, you know, like we've talked about before, this whole like COVID time has created a, uh, a marketing niche for people to, to scalp things like this. And it's, you know, scalpers are always out there, but I think due to the circumstances, it's a lot worse. It's a lot worse than it has been. And Microsoft or I don't even know if this is Microsoft or Sony's fault, but like these retail platforms don't do anything to really stop that type of behavior as far as like, you know, bots are concerned. Well, it's because they've got their, their money. So they don't mm -hmm. seem really concerned. Really and that's, care, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's part of the issue when Walmart, Amazon, Target, you name it, their money's already being taken care of. But thing is, it's hurting their own marketplace in the long run because these bots they're reselling it for for a profit a and b it's not going to real customers so how can they go ahead and have a favorable impression of you if they mm -hmm. keep on getting you know worked over each and every time out yeah yeah exactly and so i i totally get it from the perspective of somebody who's just tired of looking for it and they're just like at the end of the day they're like screw it why am i going to i'm wasting my time and I'm not at the point where I'm ready to waste my money by paying three or 400 extra dollars on something that I shouldn't have to pay that much for, you know, cause a lot of people who actually play games and not scalp things, a lot of people like that, this is no, this is paying $500 is a, is a lot for them. And plus, you know, when you buy the game and the controller, like this is, it's no small purchase. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm kind of concerned that this is going to continue for at least the foreseeable future. And might actually get worse later this year for the holidays, even mm -hmm. though there might be a larger supply, there still will be such a huge demand that it will still have these bots that are going to be sucking yeah. them all up and charging you double, triple the price. And that's going to make it really hard for anyone like me and you to want to get a PS5 or an Xbox series at the yeah. original price. And that's, that's something that's unfair to me. And that's something that's unfair to consumers all over. And we do not appreciate it. But if you're out there and you have those same frustrations as consumers as we are in the early start of this console generation, please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we talked about already the frustrations early on in this next console generation, plus some of the reasons why Sony might have grabbed a market share lead when it comes to this next console generation. But the next question I want to ask you this, and I know you're saying this slighted from an Xbox fanboy, as you would say, but I wanted to say this. I mean, we did talk about and discuss Sony taking the early lead, but I see Xbox having the best chance to compete on a level, an even level, with Nintendo and Sony for the first time ever since they've been releasing consoles since, what, 2000, 2001, when they started going ahead and releasing the original Xbox, the OG, which I absolutely loved, was so endeared to. But 
I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think Xbox has a realistic chance of making a favorable impression, moving up in the marketplace, and actually maybe even surpassing at some point the PlayStation 5? Because I feel like when summer rolls around and we get these like summer gaming conferences, we're going to see both Sony and Microsoft call out a lot of cancellations. But I think that Microsoft is my hope is Microsoft is really gearing up for the holiday season. So once that stuff comes out, and I'm I'm almost can say with confidence that like God of War and you know Horizon Zero Dawn will probably get their release dates pushed back. You know that being said, I think holiday season is going to be microsoft's time to shine here and whatever ground they had lost so far in the past few months they're going to be able to hopefully recover but again none of that really matters if people can't get their hands on the consoles so i guess it all depends on like how much of what they're making is going to also be available on the xbox one exactly and that's that's going to be a key factor i know that xbox of the two between Sony and Xbox, they've made more aggressive moves at the start of this next generation to ensure a little bit more longevity. Plus also they've done things that I think have garnered some interest from fans who have not purchased an Xbox at any point in time. I hear a lot more chatter. I hear a lot more scuttlebutt as they used to say back in the day. Gamers just saying, you know what? I might be really interested to pick up an Xbox And I think this is somewhere that PlayStation is a little bit lax on. And I think that's something that maybe is because of arrogance, because they sold over 100 million units in the last generation or what have you, is the options and the value that's available for it. Something I've touched on previously with Xbox is because I thought the Xbox One S, I think, was the, to me, the best value as far as a console is concerned. In this generation, it's not necessarily about which console is the best value but which console offers the best features and people are talking a lot about xbox games pass let me hear your thoughts on xbox games pass because it is their subscription it is what they want you to go ahead and choose going forward whether you're playing on a pc whether you're playing on a phone whether you're playing on a tablet whether you're playing on the xbox series s or x this is something that they really want to push Because this could be the future of the way that they do business going forward. Yeah, you know, I don't really think the Xbox Games Pass model business model really makes sense to anybody. But it is something that you are. It's like Netflix for games. You know, you're paying you you bundle that in the ultimate bundle and you get access to Games Pass on PC and Xbox. And you also get access to like the uh, the cloud gaming service where you can play on your phone. And, you know, that that's something that Sony can't really boast about having. You know, I know they're talking about how they have some kind of movie program for a little bit, but. Well, that's that's right now in Poland because of the certain laws and bylines of that. I think Netflix and, and other streaming outlets can't get to. So they were offering movies or they were, they were really going to start that up as far as PlayStation Plus offering movies as part of that program for the PlayStation Plus we were talking about on the show here how that might be something they want to incorporate on the Sony end going forward for all of its consumers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that might be something interesting to approach. And I, at that point, I wonder if Microsoft would jump on something like that as well by either tying their services to, you know, another streaming platform or having one of their own. But I think that games pass is a great deal. You know, Case in point, the Resident Evil demos, right? Like, you had in order to play them, you had to sign on at a certain time. You had to, uh, you know, go outside and scream into the sky at a certain time. Like it was, it it made no absolutely no sense. There used to be a time when you could play on Xbox. Microsoft offered demos of just about every game before you played it, and not really a lot, not. Pe- not many uh, or I, people don't do that anymore, you know, so a- Xbox Games Pass is a great opportunity to be like, hey, I don't know if I want to pay $60 for a physical copy of this game. So maybe I can just download it and see if I like it real quick, because I've downloaded plenty of games on Games Pass and played them for like 10 minutes and then deleted them because I didn't like them. So if you're someone who, uh, you know, doesn't play demos or is unsure about what they want to play, I think that Games Pass is a great option because there's something on there for everybody. Yeah, it's something that I know that it's very intriguing to me. And that's the main reason why I want an Xbox Series X 
over a PlayStation 5 at this point in time is that value, is the fact that by buying and purchasing the service, I will have access to over 100 games right away. I know PlayStation has something that kind of is something similar with PlayStation Now, but and, and it does have some modern games that they're incorporating to it. But the lineup with Xbox and its Games Pass is so much more advanced than what we see from PlayStation Now. Right, right. And the the cool thing about it is a lot of these games, especially if they're, you know, under the umbrella of Microsoft, you get them on day one. So, I mean, what what more could you ask for or something like that? You don't have to go to the store to pick up the game. You don't or pay 60 or 70 dollars. You pay 60 or 70 dollars and you can also preload these games before they come out. So you don't have to sit there and wait for it to install, which is which is great. I mean, that that's something that like. I don't know. I've been waiting for that for a really long time. So it's a great value. And what's even better is that you can play these games across platforms. Like you can play them on your Xbox and you can play against somebody on a PC. Like Sony is very picky about letting people play cross play with with really anything. So this is something that Microsoft has done a great job with and you know they've even built an ecosystem around nintendo also letting you play games with people on the switch absolutely so we're going to be evaluating that as we go forward as far as what are the reasons why you're leaning towards a playstation or why you're leaning towards an xbox series x or s it's very interesting to see why back and forth one leans uh one person leans one over the other is it brand loyalty is it options for me, it's about options right now. And I think the options right right now are more enticing for me to spend and drop $500 on the Xbox, which is what I'm leaning towards right now, simply because of the fact that you do have that Xbox Games Pass. Mm-hmm. Going forward, do you think that's just going to become a bigger and bigger key to the reason why Xbox may be able to compete very well with PlayStation 5? Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. Again, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like people who are going out and buying these consoles, they don't exactly have people who are buying them to actually play them. Like they probably don't exactly have a infinite budget. So, you know, you you want to get something out of value. And I think as far as games go, Xbox has the best value as of right now because, you know, you buy the console and you have the controller and then you just pay your $15 or oh, is it like $12 a month, something around there. And yeah. you get just access to this library of a ton of different games to play. And not only that, but when a new game comes out, you can just download it without having to pay for it. I mean, that's, I again, I don't know how that business model works or how it's even successful, but it's there. And it's something that people have utilized. Ultimately, I'm going to ask you this, and we'll close out this part of the conversation. Do you think that Xbox Games Pass will be the key to Xbox winning this next generation of consoles? I think it's a combination of things. Yeah, I think it's the the Games Pass, but it's also all these companies that Microsoft has been purchasing up. You know, having exclusive rights to Bethesda, for example, games is going to be huge for them especially if you take something like the next elder scrolls and throw it on games pass like that's going to be something that is is huge so yeah the games pass is going to play a key role in this but also like these companies that microsoft's buying up so people making games under the umbrella of microsoft i think that's a big contribution to this not only that but they're isolating the competition in their own right so sony i know they're buying up publishers also but i mean this is something that is going to get really interesting because yeah sony's putting out exclusive games but once microsoft opens the floodgates anything is going to be possible if there's any way that xbox will go ahead and compete and maybe possibly win this console generation it'll be because of xbox games pass what are your thoughts out there on this current console generation that we're now in six months old Do you think that PlayStation 5 will continue its lead throughout the rest of this generation? Or do you think Xbox stands a chance with its Xbox Games Pass and more that it will actually catch up to and possibly even one day beat the PlayStation 5? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is our preview of the games coming out for the rest of this year for both of those consoles. And we'll talk more about that and what games we're excited for after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford along with my friend, the real Josh Shady, Josh Peterson. We want to thank so much all the radio stations. Again, over 40 radio stations we're now on worldwide, and we cannot thank you enough to every single one of them for allowing us to be on your station. And hopefully your listeners are getting entertained by what we're talking about. But before we head on out, my friend, on the back half of the hour, I want to talk to you about some of the games that we're excited for this year and something we did similarly as far as from the movie standpoint on last week's PCC Multiverse. So I want to say the, the first problem I think that comes to what we were talking about in the first hour is you go to GameStop right now. So if you go to GameStop and you go to the pre-release schedule and in the past 2018, 2019, you would see these pages after pages after pages of upcoming release month by month going out row after row after row after row. Does it kind of concern you that as of now, now mind you, we haven't had E3 when there's going to probably be a lot of announcements of a lot of games that are coming on the way that they usually do same year. There's going to be, oh yeah, this game is coming out this year for a holiday season, blah, 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 blah. So you will probably get a few of those. Are you concerned right now when you go to a GameStop or you go to whatever outlet that you like and look at the upcoming games that it barely fills up one page. Yeah, I mean, there's still so many games that are... I'm trying to find the release list right now on Game Informer. I mean, I'm looking at GameStop right now. I'm seeing one, two, three, four, five, five rows, and maybe one more after that, one more title after that, right now, as it stands out. Now, mind you, there will be more announcements of games coming out this year, and some of these games might be delayed till... 2022 so it'll be a give and take but to me when you're talking about right now at a major retailer and they're only previewing less than 20 games yeah actually right around 20 games right around 20 games that to me is a big concern yeah i mean there like i said there's so many things that have been unannounced and things that might have their release dates pushed back we don't really know anything right now about what is coming out you know we've had outriders seem to have gotten a decent success in returnal but again would these games even be getting looked at if it were a normal year of video games preaching to the choir my friend i said that about outriders of a couple weeks ago when we profiled it is would that game have gotten like you said the kind of eyes that people were that would focus on it if it was under normal circumstances Right, right. So, I mean, just looking at stuff that is coming out, especially in May, we have Resident Evil Village, Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. But, I mean, we don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not really that interested. We have uh, Resident Evil Village. So, let me ask you on Resident Evil Village, though. I mean, we've talked about this already, but this could be something that takes real advantage of it because this is a AAA game. Mm -hmm. This looks like a really visually stunning game i see the detail and the way they're they're voicing the characters and the facials this is really a a nice deal i I really am very interested and intrigued how well this does yeah i mean i i'm excited about it also especially looking at how again you know we've talked about how resident evil 7 kind of flipped the franchise on its head by switching to first person and they're, they've been great games. So, I mean, I'm really excited to see where they go with this. But, yeah, it's a it's a AAA title coming out in a time where there aren't really any AAA titles if you don't count, you know, the Mass Effect remake and the Assassin's Creed add-on that's also coming out that month. Well, we're going to be happy about this because when since your major title release is Outriders or Hitman 3 that are, are the big releases so far this year, when you have Resident Evil Village come out on the 7th and Mass Effect Legendary Edition, a game which would still get a lot of pub, would still get a lot of news, but in this climate, people are really more excited about it. And that, to us, is really a great thing because you know around the 14th, you and I will be talking a lot about Mass Effect. Oh, yeah, of course. And like Matt, the great thing about the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is that it's going to have 
hours and hours of gameplay. So, I mean, if you scoot up to like June outside of uh, um, what's it, the Final oh. Fantasy add on and the yeah. Mario, what you know, whatever Mar- they're doing with Mar- the Mario Super Golf Super Rush, I mean, there's not really anything that's going to come out that's really going to be time consuming. So, mass having that Mass Effect game to kind of fill that gap is going to be a really great thing. I'm excited for it. You know, I look at the Mass Effect behind me, and you yeah. and I—I mean, you and I have been just ad nauseum. It's so funny. Think of the irony in this. Okay, within a span of a month, we're going to get the Black Widow movie. You and I have been talking about that should have happened since 2016, since we started the show. Yeah. 200 episodes plus ago, we talked about Black Widow, and now it's finally coming to fruition. And after the failure of Andromeda, we've been talking ad nauseum for years about reviving the Mass Effect franchise with a possible reboot of this trilogy, and we're getting it both within the span of a month. Yeah, and if anything's going to create interest in another Mass Effect game, you know, putting out this Legendary Edition with all three original games is going to be the thing that does it. Uh, you know, my, you've been my friend for a long time now, but I'm going to have to tell you <laughs> yeah. this with uh, with Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition coming out and Black Widow coming out within a month. Uh, I know we talked about this in the past uh, a couple weeks in regard to this, but I think for the first time in a long time, I'm going to have geek overload. I, I really oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to, I might have to take a day off work. <laughs> I mean, you and I don't like to use the term geek or nerds really that mm-hmm. much, especially me, because I've told you if you if you check out our conversation a couple weeks ago, you'll understand why. But I really think I'm going to go into a pop culture overload. That's going to oh. be awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But again, it is going to be very cool when Resident Evil Village, Returnal, and Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Returnal is already out right now, and Resident Evil Village is coming out on the 7th, and Mass Effect on the 14th. We are so excited about that. I know Biomutant, which is coming out later in the month, right around Memorial Day, that's something some people are interested in. I've seen some video of it already. looks okay. It looks pretty good. I know that it it heats up in June a little bit with Chivalry 2. Do not underestimate Chivalry 2, especially if you're a PC player out there. That's going to be a game I think that's going to connect with a lot of people, especially from the first-person standpoint as far as the old, you know, uh, classical, uh, you know, uh, duels that you used to have back in the day. It reminds me so much of uh, what's For Honor. But on a yeah, for, from a first person's perspective, and the detail and the combat, if you get to check out some of the videos yeah. on that, is really did, good. Did you ever get a chance to play Kingdom Come Deliverance? No, no, unfortunately. It's kind of what that reminds me of. They like made this like really in depth combat system on there, and that's kind of what Chivalry Two reminds me of. Coming up later in June, though, on the twenty second and thirtieth, we have on the thirtieth Dying Light Two, but just before that, it's another zombie game. But this one comes from a lot of the people behind a series you and I absolutely love, the Left 4 Dead series. It's called Back for Blood. I don't know if you've caught any of the videos, but this is, again, and a lot of the individuals that made the Left 4 Dead series, this is the next level for Left 4 Dead. It looks and it feels like Left 4 Dead. That gets me excited, and that's coming out on the 22nd. I haven't seen any trailers for it yet, but I have been reading about it. And, um, you know, you were a big, bigger fan of Left Left for Dead than I was. I enjoyed my time with it. But, yeah, I mean, if they can remake, because there's not a lot of games like that out there anymore. You know, the zombie thing was fun for a while, but then people just stopped making games like that. And, you know, if this revitalizes that, then who knows i mean the battle royale genre might get put to rest in in exchange for bringing zombies back well you'll see that back to back with back for blood and then dying light 2 i'm not as big on dying light 2 but i am really intrigued on back for blood oh i was gonna say dying light 2 is a game that's been pushed back for years and years remember that was announced at e3 a a few years ago and we still haven't seen anything out of that dead island that remember that sequel with the guy that was running and they were talking about that that guy was running and then all of a sudden everybody's turning into a zombie behind him and dead island was it two dead island two i think that that uh coming to fruition hopefully uh that one was i think pushed back forever so you're right with dying light two that's been pushed back forever as well so 
glad to see it finally come out. And hopefully that will uh, bring, like you said, a lot more interest back into the zombie genre. But mm -hmm. heading into the rest of the year, all these don't really have steady release dates. Now, mind you, we're not even talking about a Madden or the sports games that are coming up, FIFA, NBA. Uh, I know something as well that is not on here as of yet, but has been already announced is a new WWE 2K22. That already has been announced. That was announced at WrestleMania. So we'll see if they can repair their reputation after the absolutely horrid versions of the WWE we've been seeing at the latter half of the last decade. So we'll see how that goes. I don't hold much faith, but we'll, you know, we'll have to give it another chance, if you, especially if you're into the wrestling game genre. But, I mean, for me, what I see as far as the release dates for some of these games, there's not much there left that's given solidified release dates. So that's why I think E3, after years, and I'm talking years, of being almost insignificant. I think that this E3 for the first time in a long time could be really key for the rest of this year. Yeah. Cause I mean, look at, we have a lot of unannounced games. Like you said, we have aliens fire team. We have halo infinite for sure. And we're hearing more about fable and the next Forza and um, you know, death loop is one and the, the cyberpunk 2077 next gen upgrade. And, uh, you know, whatever else is out there. I'm trying to go. Elden Ring is one. Uh, looking down here, we got Final Fantasy mobile games, it, God of War. There's just there's a lot, right? And Grand Theft Auto Five. There's like there's a lot of things that six, six. Sorry, that have been talked about but have not gotten any uh any solid release dates. So I'm sure that whether those release dates are announced for 2021 or somewhere into 2022 or 2023 we're gonna hopefully get at least get some release dates come e3 this year gta 5 grand theft auto 5 was one of the most successful video games of all time in well, history I yeah go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say yeah the the remember the next gen one's coming out they haven't given us a release date for that yeah the thing was, while they're doing that in corporation with each other, as far as announcing a GTA PS5 Xbox Series X upgrade, do you think they will announce a GTA 6 in conjunction with that? I, that would be that would be smart. I can't. I have a hard time imagining them not having worked on a GTA 6 in all this time. Well, I I think that I'm, I know that they're working on it. You know that they're working on it. Mm -hmm. I'm just I, just a matter of when. How much more can they grease out of? How much how much more? We always talk about the towel, wring the wet towel, and how much more cash that we always talk about and kid about Skyrim and how yeah. many more platforms that can it be upon? You know, there's Sky. They might even do a Skyrim. You know, as far as a upgraded version of that, you never know if they can grease one more one more version out of it but with gta 5 we're going to get that version to get it probably on the final platform new platform for it before we get a gta 6 so that would be something to see as far as how rockstar will incorporate the world of gta into a new console i think we're going to get uh, some glimpses of that and what works and what doesn't work with gta 5 when it comes to the newer consoles but i'm really excited for what could happen with gta 6 i think that again, I know people will say, oh, it's GTA, it's GTA, but it's the most popular game on the planet for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And the, I, the, they would be foolish not to like at least make some kind of announcement. You know, Bethesda makes their announcements far too soon, but I think Grand Theft Auto is something that people at least want to know exists. Well, I'm going to ask you this before we head to the break and go ahead and close out the show right after that is. Are there any other games that you see have a definitive timeline for 2021 or that you know or that you really feel that that might come uh, that might come out this year that you're really looking towards? I mean, for me, I, one that is going under the radar, which doesn't have a set release date, but it is saying that it's going to be a 2021 release as of now, mind you, as of now, because there's always delays, is Road Redemption. And I don't know if everybody remembers the old classic game Road Rash. But this harkens back to that old game. I don't know if it's being done by EA or not, because, oh, actually, no, it's not being done by EA. But it has definitely got that type of spirit that Road Rash is all about. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to find out if it's related to the... Oh, it looks like it. Spiritual successor, they're calling yeah. it. Yeah, so spiritual successor, successor to that, I mean... 
that's something that we haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I remember playing Road Rash on Sega. Like, I loved, loved, loved that game. And if that this is done anywhere near, you know, how those games are done, it'd be fun. Uh, you know, it also looking at this, you know, it also be nice as a reboot of those uh, ESPN Extreme games where you could go down this on the skateboards and the luges and like punch and kick your opponents. Like that would be cool too. Uh, is there anything else that you? Yeah. Did? So I mean, Halo Infinite is obviously something I'm interested in. Um. I'm curious if they're going to be putting out a Forza come October. I feel like they're going to, they need to, um, you know, other than that, like Sony keeps promising a God of war in 2021, but I don't think it's going to happen. I just keep waiting for that release date to get pushed back. Do you think they're going to sense, uh, tell us something maybe around the time of E3 at their own showcase, because they're not being part of E3 once again. Yeah. And their own showcase, we're going to get something God of war related, but I have a feeling it's going to say 2022 on it. Oh, well, I'd be excited to hear more about a new God of War. I mean, again, I'm kind of concerned that there are not as many announced games coming up this year, which I understand that everything has been delayed back due to the coronavirus. I get that. And a lot of these studios were taken aback just as much as the real world was. But yeah. I mean, are you surprised that not, not, and none of them, oh, not, I'm saying none of them, but a great deal of them were not really prepared to handle what was going on. Yeah, I think they underestimated just like how much um, how much they would have to shut down. You know, they had stuff that was in production already that they're getting out this year. But I think that we're it's near the end of this year and into next year. We're really going to be seeing the effects of last year's you know shutdown. What are your thoughts out there on any games that you're excited for for this coming year that we think or we're pretty sure are going to come out this time of year? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, we're going to close out the show with some final thoughts on this console generation. I want to ask Josh to delve more into it one last time on why he thinks this console generation is what it is, but also, is this the best console generation ever? I'm going to give him that question and see how he answers it coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Peterson. If you have any questions for us, don't hesitate. Don't hesitate at all to give us a shout out. Pop Culture Cosmos, anywhere you get your podcast. Plus, also as well, you got to check out the awesome RPG, tabletop RPGs that we do all week long, seemingly. There's so many that are out there. We're several days a week. Check us out. Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitch, Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. We would truly appreciate your feedback. We would truly appreciate it. If you want to join us on one of our adventures, we're looking forward to it. Plus, we might have some good things in, in store. Trying to see if we can arrange a charity game of Mass Effect Tabletop RPG. That's still possibly underway. We'll go ahead and give you the lowdown on that coming up on our social media. But definitely looking forward to seeing what we can do in Tabletop RPGs right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, I put the question to you. Not only just the fact that there is a current console generation going on with the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series, and also let's not forget the Nintendo Switch. It's there. I know they're coming out with their own upgraded Nintendo Switch, has heavily rumored. Jason Schreier of Bloomberg has talked about it at length about with the upgraded graphics. So they're now up to 720. Woohoo! As far as the Nintendo Switch is concerned, with a new upgraded Switch, they're not coming out with a new console on their own anytime soon because they're still making hand over fist with the Switch. But I want to hear your thoughts as it currently stands now with this current console generation. And I'm talking about the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox series and what's to come from this. Do you think this is the best console generation or at least shaping up to it the best console generation ever? 
No, I don't think so. Even the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 out the gate had had things to play, you know, that had decent things out there to play. What defines the best console generation for me would have to be the Xbox 360 era because that was when, you know, the, they had just game after game after game, stuff you could play on the couch with your friends, stuff you could play on online with your friends. Like, there was, there was never a dry span of games for the xbox 360 and the i guess even the playstation 3 like there's always something coming out to play and you know this might be due to corona so possibly this could be like a a great generation of consoles as time progresses but it doesn't feel good i I don't know like what how it's supposed to feel barren it feels feels barren it feels barren and cold, you know, like the the 360 era, like it felt very like warm and it encouraged you to play with your friends. And whereas like Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, everyone feels so barren and confusing and they're not accessible right now. And hopefully that'll change. But again, like the 360 era was just it was probably my favorite era of video games because again, like there's a lot of stuff you could play with your friends on the couch. You could play with your friends online. There's always something to play there's a game out there for everybody well that's what i wanted to ask you because of the fact that you know we are at a situation right now that it is nintendo sony and xbox is that your favorite one when you had the xbox 360 the playstation 3 and the nintendo wii i think at that point in time right around then i think the nintendo wii came out a little bit later but it was still considered part of that generation yeah, I mean, I, I remember being excited about the Wii, then like I got over the whole notion of having to move while I played video games. But I don't know, it was a time when like all three of these these consoles were like they the Wii was hard to find, but you could find one. And like you could go into a Best Buy or a Target or a Walmart and they just have rows and rows of video games because it wasn't all done through a digital marketplace. Like you can buy like at Best Buy, I worked at Best Buy and they just had rows and rows and rows of video games in there. And like we had its own row, PlayStation had its own row, Xbox had its own row. Like there were games out there of every shape and color and, you know, there's a flavor out there for everybody. And that felt so welcoming to people who were veteran gamers, people who are new gamers, people who are casual gamers. And, you know, you go look at these new consoles and it's just it. I don't know. It, it feels cold. Like it just, it feels uninviting. It feels very isolating. I'm not going to say I disagree with you because the PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Nintendo Wii Air, that's where you really saw that popularity of each. People were wanting to go ahead and buy the PlayStation 3, but they were really upset with a huge price on it. But there were still plenty of games that started out in that era that we still see today. And with Xbox 360, we, we saw the evolution of what happened. Yes, there were issues technically with the Red Ring of Death with Xbox 360 and all that. But there were really a lot of solid games on that platform that we now see today evolving into. So and I think that's probably the, the platform and the console generation. I spent the most time on it or close to it because I spent quite a deal of time on the original Xbox with Halo 2. So I'm yeah. going to say right now that that it's right in there with me as well. And then, of course, the Nintendo Wii, that took the world over by storm. I mean, we talk about something that was the fastest selling of all time. I would probably say and argue back at you, I think it's a Nintendo Wii because the fact is it didn't have really the online marketplace advantage that we do now. You couldn't have the bots or even real people buying it online in as much volume as what you see now. People used to, for the most part, still even then, because that's around the time when I was running my game stores, that's when people would call me all the time. We got to the point where we were actually doing our, our opening. Thanks for choosing Game of Crazy. We're out of Wii's. How can I help you? I mean, it got to the point where we were yeah. answering 30 to 50 calls a day. Mm-hmm. Do you have the Wii? 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 And that was a national phenomenon for a console that, yes, everybody had, including myself, was it a graphical leap forward? No, it was something that was approachable to a worldwide audience. Yeah, it, it was a good entry point for people who wanted to get into people much like myself who missed out on the N64 and the GameCube and wanted to get into Nintendo games. But it was also accessible from somebody who 
didn't play video games like look at the Wii Fit the Wii Sports like there was something out there for everybody you know like it's so funny because I I remember the time early on at the Retro City Games when they opened their new store which is now their old store because it's been there forever now and they had a stack almost going up to my height at six feet two of Wii Fit Wii Fit boards Oh, I know. You go to any like used game store now and you'll see a whole like graveyard of Wii Fit boards. But it wasn't kids that wanted them. It was no. the kids' parents that wanted no. them. And Me, people I wanted them. Yeah, and people were buying them for Chris as Christmas presents, birthday presents, whatever it was. Like, hey, I want to get my wife a Wii Fit, or hey, I want to get my mom a Wii Fit. Like, you know, and I don't know if that's an insulting gift to get somebody, but it was something that yeah, I don't know. It it because no, they well. were interested in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it did well, and then people were like, oh, okay, I'm kind of tired of exercising now, and then it just, nobody touched them ever again. Like, so you can funny. go on eBay and find one for like, I, I want to say I saw one for like 15 bucks. Really? That's too expensive. <laughs> now, Guitar Hero is a different story. Guitar mm-hmm. Hero, it overdid the marketplace, and everybody had one, and it died out, and obviously it was tried to revive, but it, the revival didn't work out. And for a while, the marketplace was similar to what we saw with Wii Fit. But now there's been a resurgence in that where it's truly hard to find and people are price gouging it like crazy. Guitar Hero? Yeah. Yeah. So those games, like, yeah, I loved those games. And I would play those games forever. Anytime, you know, a Metallica add-on came out or the Van Halen add-on came out, like, I was obsessed because those games like outside the playing the games on like the highest difficulty the achievements man you can just go through and you could earn the achievements fairly easy yeah and i remember when people just started discover on like rock band you didn't actually have to sing you just had to like make your voice match <laughs> one of the strings to just go <laughs> didn't have to say the words just the right pitch that's all they were yeah. looking for mm-hmm. and then of course with the drums you're not actually playing the drums you're trying to Find it to the rhythm, right to the beat. That 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 that. You know, it's just, it was fun. It was fun for what it was, the experience. But again, it's so so crazy because I was looking for someone. I was looking for TJ and Retro City Games. It's like we're almost sold out of everything. And the guitars, forget about it. They're they're sold out of stock. Jeez, yeah, yeah, that's insane. Like I haven't. I mean, I've been I've been wanting to go back and get one, but uh, or just so I could have it. But I, I don't think I'll be. I'm not in any hurry. I got too much of a back catalog to play it. But, you know, on Rock Band, I just remember having that Coheed and Cambria song like on the first like set list. And uh, people were like, who are these guys? You know, meanwhile, the rest of like the emo world had been into Coheed and Cambria for a really long time. But I think games like Rock Band really put these these like lesser known bands on the map. So I agree with you, my friend. I think that Xbox 360, PS3, Wii Generation is, in my opinion, and your opinion too, the best console generation ever. We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. If it was then, in the mid-2000s to, what, 2005 to 2010, if that was the best era for video games and that generation, or do you think another generation, like, for instance, Genesis Nintendo generation, that console generation, was that better? Or was there any other console generation that you feel was better for video games and for you as a game player? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for coming on the special day and time for us to be able to record this. But I've got a surprise for you, my friend. Next week's Pop Culture Cosmos, I have granted your wish, my friend. I have contacted Ben Arnault from the Smoking Hot Confessions. And he wants to meet up with us live on the show next week. Oh, awesome. Yeah, let me know. Send me those details. I'm thinking about actually, and I promised him this. When I went ahead and talked to him, I would have the grill running at the same time. Oh, nice. So we'll see what happens, my friend. But any last thoughts on the way out? As far as like gaming consoles are concerned, like send us an email, everyone. Let us know your thoughts. Like who do you think is going to come out this holiday season as the big gaming powerhouse? Definitely want to hear your thoughts on that because we have our own. And as it changes and as it moves forward in the video game industry this year with all the big news that is yet to be announced and all the big changes that are yet to be made, we're going to update you right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, 
this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great